such a big reward offered under you gentlemen that I felt I might just tag along on your next robbery. Might just turn you into the law. Naturally. I'll be in the tavern. The air around here stinks anyway. Just like the food. But the month will go fast. I'm letting you live here. That's so you can tell everybody you've seen what takes place here. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hear what the bet was. Your life. Umbers. I am Bob Sham. I'm Angela. And the sounds you hear in the background that are weird are dogs. Mm-hmm. And we are continuing to explore our theme of the asshole on film. Assholes on film. And our uh, vintage selections are all westerns with the first three being Sergio Leone's Man With No Name trilogy. Yes. And I gotta say though, this movie might be lowest on the asshole ebb. Now, let's go through the asshole. For sure. Let's just go. You can go through the asshole things pretty quickly here. Yeah. At least from our main character, the man with no name. I think they call him Marcone or something. Yeah. He has a different name, but it's not his real name. No. He has, he has a different name in every movie. But he is uh, the man with no name. Uh, when he rolls into town and he knows that there's a bounty hunter on the hotel across the way, he kicks a guy out of his hotel room. Yeah. Pretty asshole move. He's competing. They also call them bounty killers. They never say yeah, bounty hunter. But even though they say dead or alive, but they are bounty killers. Technically, he's working like within the law of the time, well, being a bounty killer. No one's getting taken alive. We'll say that. No one's getting taken alive. But also, like, there's no like pitting people against each other to make money in this. He's like doing something that's like a recognized, legitimate way to make money. Well, he wants this other bounty hunter out of town, so yeah. maybe the other asshole move is that he sends a guy into his hotel room to take his clothes out, and then he has him go out. And so Clint Eastwood is essentially trying to, like, bully this bounty killer out of town, yeah. this competitor. But the guy stands up for himself. Colonel Mortimer. And he earns his respect. Yeah. And then they become friends, but they still don't... I feel like Clint Eastwood definitely still does not completely trust the dude. No. Which is smart, because they're both bounty killers. 
you do kind of expect them to start shooting it out against each other at the end. I had that expectation. Yeah, but they never do. The closest is the hat thing. Yeah. Where um, when he brings out his luggage, he's shooting the guy's hat that he can't pick it up. And that was very funny. So the man with no name, a bounty killer, is a... We're well into Texas now, where we're back up north, we're bouncing around El Paso and other places. And uh, this movie, of course, uh, the other bounty killer is Lee Van Cleve, Colonel Mortimer. Our villain, El Indio, is Gian Maria Volante, who is pretty great. He's amazing. A much better villain than uh, our previous one in A Fistful of Dollars, I thought. Yes. Because Esteban, it was like the the villainy was spread around and Esteban was just like, I'm really good at guns. But John, Ramon. Yeah, Ramon. But El Indio, a very conniving but also half-crazed kind of guy. He is... Who is good at shooting guns. He has a process he goes through. Like, before he kills someone, he opens this locket that plays this music. And basically, by the end of the chimes, you're going to be dead. Afterwards, he, like, waits a beat and he has to, like, smoke a cigarette that someone else puts in his mouth. One of those things where you see in, like, serial killer depictions where he does the murder and then he's just, like, spit. Like, he has a weird passion yeah. for doing this. Uh, and he has a big posse, but one notable posse member is a hunchback yeah. named Wild, and it's Klaus Kinski. The name Wild is perfect for him. Now, Klaus, you know, he started many uh, European movies, was in a few more spaghetti westerns, that, and Sergio Leone wasn't the only spaghetti western director. Sure. And, of course, known probably in modern times more for... Being in Werner Herzog movies like Aguirre the Wrath of God, Cobra Verde, Fitzcarraldo. These are all good movies, I think. And <laughs> but also known for being a very intense actor in this movie is no less. Even though he's kind of a bit player, he does stand out quite a bit. And he has a hunchback. Yeah. The colonel, Colonel Mortimer, he's rolling in the town and he's asking questions. Uh, we see the man with no name... Uh, catch a bounty on some guy playing cards. We see both bounty killers killing respective targets. Yes, and collecting upon them. And Clint Eastwood walks up to a guy who's got like a $3,000 bounty on his head. And he's just playing cards out in the open in this saloon. Yeah. Which shows that like he's basically being protected by the local town system. Which is amazing because after he then goes and collects his bounty for killing the guy, he looks at the sheriff and he's he takes his his uh, star away yeah. and he walks out and he looks at somebody and he goes, you need a better sheriff. Cause <laughs> yeah. he, obviously like you're just letting this dude hang out in your town. You could have taken down any moment. Yeah. The sheriff says something like that. Bounties. Uh, it'd take me three years to make what that bounty's worth. Like what does he want Clint Eastwood to go? And you know what? I killed the guy, but you just keep that money. <laughs> but Clint Eastwood's calling him on his bullshit. He's paid off. He's, he's he talks about he, being honorable in the work. He's like, aren't sheriffs supposed to be honest and honorable? Yeah. So he's like, you're full of shit, like, sir. He's like, no, if that guy really would net you three grand more than what you're pulling in now through corruption, you would have you would have fucking killed him. Yeah, but it was it was. Yeah, unless you're just too much of a coward. So they figure out when they're like doing collecting these bounties that they're both ultimately going for this guy who's like a ten thousand dollar bounty and they are hearing about each other. El Indio. El Indio. And I realized I actually put an image from. For a few dollars more onto the uh, video for Fistful of Dollars. <laughs> I actually had the El Indio poster. Image <laughs> That's a great poster. On, uh, so I, I kind of got it confused there. But 
when you look up these movies, like you're getting images from like all three movies. So. Absolutely. And if you haven't seen them in a while, and I've only seen Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, and that was well over 20 years ago. Oh, like, same. I, might I don't a, remember. I might all. as well have not seen it, you mm-hmm. know? So. But so, yeah, sorry about that. If anyone's like <laughs> noticing that or cor- want to correct it. So, so these two guys eventually, okay, we need to work together. And Mortimer, Colonel Mortimer's like, well, we need a man on the inside and a man on the outside. And obviously, I, you have to be on the inside because I've already asked them questions. They well, know who I Mortimer am. Mortimer had like a standoff and like punked out Klaus Kinski's hunchback character. Well, and he thought it, it, it was more, um, he did. And then they walked away. Like Klaus Kinsey walked away. And Mortimer was like, oh, what big thing are you planning that you won't risk a shootout right now? Yeah, yeah. Because otherwise they would have tried to kill him. But they right. didn't, even though he was suspicious. Because they got bigger plans to rob the bank of El Paso. So Eastwood has to... Well, there, well there's multiple things going on. Like they're going to roll. Somebody's going to be in this area. I can't, yeah. I can't quite remember the whole plan. It's very... Yeah. And there's also this timing of how... Guards are going to be looping around. They send Clint Eastwood with three other men to go rob a smaller bank, thinking that the distraction of that bank being robbed will then allow them time to go and rob the El Paso bank. But then those men try to set up like they're going to rob him or confront him. Well, he ends up killing them yeah, all. Yeah, yeah. So then he comes back and he like ties this little old man to a chair and forces him to say that the other bank was robbed and like send out a alert about it because he wants El Indio to think that it's going as he planned. This man, I always notice uh, f- when food is involved in yeah. clips, this man is frying some eggs in a little in a little pan, like a little Bunsen burner pan. Oh, that's right. And Clint, uh, he has him go do the thing on the telegraph and then he walks over with a fork. It just breaks his yolk. <laughs> that's like, an asshole thing. Yeah. Oh, that's a huge asshole move. He's back up to a five. Just breaking that old man's yolk for, for no, no reason. reason. And after the man did what he wanted, <laughs> then he put a gag on him and tied him to a chair. And I mean, I guess so that he can't go tell anybody it was a lie, but yeah, he's, he's a little old man. So, but the the crew, they don't do exactly what they say they're going to do. Yeah. And they end up just going back to the back end. Of uh, oh, and Clint Eastwood also frees one of their prisoners in a pretty cool scene to ingratiate it into. That's how the he gang. gets in the gang, and yeah, so they so they think he's gonna go there. Clint Eastwood and the other guy are ready to attack them, like going into the front of the El Paso bank, but they go to the back, blow a hole in it, and pull the chest. It's yeah. like a chest with a vault in it out of the back, and then they so just they get away, and they just take off. They're not trying to pick up. Clint Eastwood's character, and they're like well, he doesn't gone. know he's there because yeah. he was supposed to be robbing the other bank. Right. Well, then, then um, Mortimer shoots Clint Eastwood, like grazes him on the neck because he's like, if you try to go back to them without any injuries, they're gonna think that you're a liar. Right, right. Which is true. So then Clint Eastwood goes back and meets up with the gang, and the plan is he's supposed to tell them to go north. That's what Mortimer wants. And so Clint Eastwood goes up and he's like, yo, we got robbed. All the other three guys are dead. I've got this neck injury. We should go south. Don't go north. We should go south. Uh, Indio ends up being like, no, we're going east. Yeah, he's like, I'm not listening to you. And I'm not doing what people think I'm going to do. I'm going east. We're going to a certain town. We're going east. Yes. And then they go to that town. And who should be at that town but Colonel Mortimer, the other bounty killer. He is so good at his job and has been doing this for decades Mortimer's, because he thought it through. Colonel Mortimer's got the swag edge over Eastwood in this one. Eastwood looks, he's rugged, he looks cool, 
But Mortimer, Colonel Mortimer, he's coming in like looking smooth. He's sharp. He's experienced. Didn't you get, at least I got, the sort of idea that Mortimer is what Eastwood could grow into if he wanted to. He obviously wouldn't have to, but Mortimer definitely has more money than him. There's this whole thing where like Eastwood like crushes his like fancy nice boot. Yeah, and, like, yeah. makes it dirty. But then Mortimer, like, crushes his also just because it's, yeah, like... Yeah. It's that standoff where they were They were swinging meet. dicks around. They were. But that's how they learned to respect each other yeah. at the same time. Yeah. But it's all about money, so they don't trust each other. Also, we're getting some flashbacks, right? Oh, yes. India has this watch, and we see where he got the watch. Uh, he killed yeah. the the husband of a woman. Yeah. And then he took their watch... And or her watch, and he raped her essentially. Yeah, her photo is in it. And we later come back to this scene, and this woman grabs the gun off of her dead husband, and we think she's going to kill Indio while he's on top of her, but she ends up killing herself. And it like fucks Indio up. Like he can't is like trapped in his brain, so he's obsessed with the the watch. Yep. When uh, Mortimer shows up at the town, the gang sees him. Klaus Kinski's like, this is that asshole that tried to big time me. So, of course, he wants to pull on him now that they're at the bandit town or whatever. Yeah. Why don't you come back in about 10 minutes? 10 minutes, you'll be smoking in hell. Get out! Stay calm. back wild down but the rest of the gang doesn't appear to know that mortimer is a bounty killer either they've got the safe from the the bank job so mortimer is like well maybe i can ingratiate by i know how to get the money out of the safe yeah and he does he does this like got acid looks like it's some kind of antifreeze acid kind of thing it freezes it it's not antifreeze but i don't know what that is called it looks like he just poured some dry ice liquid in there but he got all the money out for them. Yeah. Indio is trying to be smart and he's like, no one leaves this town for one month. We're going to sit on this money for a month. Even you. I'm not paying you for opening this safe until a month has passed. Because I don't want anyone to like see our guys flashing money around and think we're the ones who robbed the bank. So that's actually like pretty, pretty smart. clever. That's what uh, uh, Robert De Niro's character really wanted the other characters to do in Goodfellas. Yeah. But they're coming around and the wife's got the new mink on. They're rolling up in Cadillacs. Like, what the fuck are you like, doing? What the fuck are you doing? Yep. So Indio's cutting that off right at the get go. He saw that movie. He saw he saw Goodfellas <laughs> and saw what De Niro had to go through and keeping these boys he was straight. Like, we can't we can't go through that. Yeah, I'm no De Niro. You dumb uh, motherfucker. But I want to save my De Niro, so I'm going to put it in a in a in a Heidi yeah, pole. Yeah. But so, long story short. Clint Eastwood and Mortimer both try to go steal the money, but then they end up like hiding the money, and then they end up getting both captured and and beat up. Yeah, yeah. And while they're beat up, they're being held captive. All of a sudden, and we had to rewind this because it's so weird. 
Indio goes to like his biggest man, right? Yeah. Who's basically like the one he like has do all his dirty work for him. The big man goes and lets lets them go, lets Mortimer and Clint Eastwood go with like guns with no bullets. He's like, I'm giving you your gun back, but you don't have any bullets. Right. Get out of here. And then he goes to Indio and he's like, Indio, I know you don't like questions, but why are you doing this? And Indio looks at him and he goes, well, there, did you know that he was a bounty hunter? And he's like, no, I didn't know until tonight. And he's like, well, he was a bounty hunter and I knew the second that he joined our group. Also, uh, Mortimer's a bounty hunter and dude's like, what? Like he had no idea. Well, he had that dude also kill the guy guarding them with someone else's knife. Well, I'm not there yet, but yes. So then he's then he says, my grand plan is we get all of our guys in a shootout with those two guys and then everyone's dead and it doesn't matter. You and me, we take the money. The two of us are the fuck out of here. Mm -hmm. And then they set up a guy. So they set up one of their guys to stab another guy with his knife. So then that like creates unrest within his group saying that one of their guys um, murdered someone. So they had to murder him. Yeah. And also he let the guys go. So now you got to go find these guys. Right. But one guy overheard him plotting all this, takes Indio captive, and he's like, we're going to go get this money. Yes. Of course, we know the money is hid and taken. Yes. So they open up that their little box that came out the safe. And this is also very funny. And there's nothing in it, and they're both pissed off. No, you know what was in it? What? Oh, the, the, reward, the wanted, the reward the wanted poster. poster, yeah. What happens from here on? I guess they got to go find them now. No, they never left town. They end up in a shootout. I mean, everybody just ends up. The bounty killers never actually left town. No, they didn't. Um, And so it becomes the morning and. Because the money is like hidden there. So they're not going to leave it. Yeah, there's a big shootout and almost all of the men are dead. And I don't recall how it happens exactly, but they get outside. And it's outside. It's um, Nino. No, Indio. I'll call him Nino. Nino. Child. Yeah, Nino was one of his gang members. Oh, okay. Um, so Indio comes out and he, like, shoots the gun out of Mortimer's hand. And they're standing there. And he opens up the music. And yeah. he's like, by the time this is done, you're going to be dead. And right when the music started to end, over on the side, the music starts playing again. And you're like, what the fuck? And Mortimer, like, reaches in his pocket. And his pocket watch is gone that he's always looking at. And he realizes Clint Eastwood has, like, stolen it from him. And, and Clint Eastwood has figured out that Mortimer has the same locket as Indio because Indio killed who we find out. They find out it was his sister. That was his, Mortimer's sister. That they both have the picture of her in there. So basically it was something that like she had given to her husband and her brother. She had also given one to her brother, I guess. So Eastwood's just chilling, laying back with a rifle in his hand. Well, he's like, y'all going to yeah, do this the right way. Watching Mortimer and Indio like stand up to each other. They got a duel. They got a duel. And Mortimer gets the win, and you kind of, I kind of have, did you kind of have expect Eastwood to just kill whoever survived? He doesn't seem to be that hardcore, but he's, but, but he's, that. but he's always riding the line where you're not sure, like, what's going to happen, or are they going to end up having a standoff between That's the two of I, them? If anything, I thought it would be another standoff. I didn't think he would just outright shoot him, because I do think he respected him enough, right? But then we find out that, you know, he explains, like, yes, it was my sister. And 
Mortimer basically goes, you can have all the money. Have all the men. Go ahead and do it. And then he, like, shoots the final one guy, and Mortimer turns around and is like, all good? And he's like, yeah, I uh, I miscounted my money. Yeah, but the, everything's okay the, now. Cause the, guy, gotta... the guy who turned on Indio just popped out, and they ended up killing. So yeah, that's Clint Eastwood is just throwing all these bodies on and the back of a wagon. $10,000, $12,000. I guess maybe uh, Mortimer is quite wealthy, I guess. This because, is what I think. Because, like... They're they're easily over twenty grand. That's so much money back then. I think that Mortimer has more money. It's obvious by the way he dresses and the things that he does. He used to be a colonel. Like he he's he probably has like a nice house somewhere that he never goes to, right? And he got satisfaction on that day, which I think to him is more than twenty thousand dollars. He can go make another twenty thousand dollars, but I think he also realizes that. He wouldn't have been able to do that without Clint Eastwood. And Clint Eastwood needs it a whole hell of a lot more than he does. Even though Clint Eastwood's probably going to drink it out. Yeah. We don't see him chugging booze that much. He but, drinks a lot more in the first movie. You know, between uh, a fistful of dollars and for a few dollars more, it seems like he can retire. He's young enough. He says. Go find a wife. Well, remember, he said that to Mortimer, too, and so maybe that was what was in Mortimer's head, is Clint Eastwood said, you know, if I get this $20,000, all the gang up together, I might retire and go, like, settle down. Well, we know uh, there's one more movie, so that's not going to happen. Not yet. And, you know, I w- I'm hoping that... Uh, uh, he'll get a new poncho. The, he will get a new poncho. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so, at least. <laughs> But I may. I hope he he becomes a bit more. He's a bit more of an anus in the next movie because he has to. be, He was right? just kind of. A, he's kind of sweet by the end of this one, right? Yeah, a little sweet. So I wouldn't even say he was an asshole by the end of it, though he did he break wasn't. that guy's yoke. Why? Right. I mean, listen. Okay, so let's just say five across the board. Okay. Yeah. Five across the board. He dips down a little, dips up a little, but five across the board. I mean, the mo- other than him, the movie's chock full of it of uh, uh, assholes. I you thought, know, I thought Jean Maria Volante, who played El Indio, was actually kind of great. He was so good, and you know, does again, he have a natural eyeliner too, or does that make no? Up? They're putting eyeliner on all these men. He he kind of seemed like one of those like like handsome men with like he is very he is very handsome. Hmm. He was the most handsome man in this movie. Well, Mortimer's uh, wasn't handsome enough for Mortimer's sister. There was also a part where they. <laughs> Sorry, that was bad. That, that was, was real bad. Yeah, that was a bad. T- I'm look. It's assholes on film. I'm on camera. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what do you? <laughs> it's time to rate this film. All right, you're going to give this one through five. I'm going to give this one through five combined for a best out of ten. What do you think about the double the production from A Fistful of Dollars? You could tell that there was uh, Sergio yeah. Leone took advantage of a lot of uh, of uh, the a bigger budget, more than double. Also, the music leveled up here The as music well. was much better. The scene, <clears throat> you, scenery was beautiful. You commented on the tinny sounds of the first one, mm-hmm. but Ennio Morricone... Like definitely, it was a lot more grandiose feeling. The whistling, there was some more. There's whistling involved, a little bit more orchestrated. Where the one for a fistful of dollars almost felt, it, it felt like it was definitely a part of its low budgetness, but it worked. It did. But this one is like it almost is like you almost imagine it as the man with no name gets richer. 
the, and so the does movie, everything the around movies him. get a little more lush. I mean, yes, that first one, it was very rough. It was very raw. And he was scraping by on $100 here, $100 there. That's what he was doing. And then for a few dollars more, he starts being a bounty killer. <laughs> you know? So who knows in the next one? Because I don't remember the next one. I'm actually really excited to watch it now. Because compared to the last one, for me, this was a, a lot better I think I'm going to say 375. I'm almost at a four, but I don't know what's holding me back exactly. But I'm going to say 375. Go with your heart. Yeah. Uh, there was also a detail I learned in which uh, Sergio Leone, during a lot of the scenes, probably more of the standoff scenes, would play Ennio Morricone's music. That's so cool. Uh, as they were doing the scenes. That's cool. Which is, yeah, so made just to get that feeling, that vibe, that is kind of... That is kind of fun. Just just going to help you feel more of a, a gunslinging badass to do that. Um, Some of the plot points were a little confusing for me, which I think there is was, ultimately there was. why it's not a You four. really had to unpack uh, Indio's plot a couple of times. Like, okay, he's doing what now? He's yeah. Doing what? But you can also just chalk him up to being a little bit bonkers. Definitely. But yeah, I think I'll match you then with a 3.75. Cool. So that's a... 7.5. And there you go, folks. Take a look at it. Right at the top, the best B-tier movie ever made so far. <laughs> In the world. For a few dollars more by Sergio Leone from 1965. Eight spots up from uh, its predecessor, A Fistful of Dollars. Mm-hmm. And there you go. Check the sh- we'll, we will Next week, we will be wrapping up the trilogy with The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Probably one of the more... Well regarded. The one that like uh, that I only heard about growing up. I didn't. I found out about the. I didn't even know it was a trilogy when I was a kid. No, me neither. It was just like there was something about specifically the good, the bad, and the ugly, where everyone it became even more entrenched into the popular culture. Absolutely. And I feel like when people would reference Clint Eastwood in general, it would be more of the good, the bad, and the ugly over. Fistful of dollars for a few dollars more. It seemed as though that was the one that made him a legit Western yeah. star, Western movie star. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. After by that point, it was just cemented. Yeah. But check the show notes for links and other places to find us. Uh, what do you think about Sergio Leone's Man with No Name trilogy? How would you rate these? Did you enjoy Klaus Kinski as the Hunchback? I did. We you could have a we could have a month's theme of um, Klaus Kinski in spaghetti westerns. Ooh. I think there might be enough to actually pull that off. That would be fun. But also watching westerns is really like getting me jazzed. Watching a western always makes me want to watch more westerns. Yeah. And we're also uh, later this week watching a samurai movie. Mm-hmm. It's so easy to translate them into it the really other. Is. Yeah. So it, it, that'd be cool to have a month of. Westerns and samurai movies alternating. That'd yeah. Be cool. Which this week is going to be kind of like that. So stay tuned and. Death to all traitors. Death to all traitors.